Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening. Welcome to Genesee Valley Church's online podcast. GVC is a non-denominational church in Flint, Michigan, and our mission is simple. To love God, love people, and love life. I know that you will be blessed by the message and the words that God has for you today. Now, here's Pastor Tony. get older, you appreciate things from a different perspective, and you really appreciate what you have. But uh, just as we were recognizing the national anthem, and just as we're watching that video, I found myself just getting teared up because of just the country that we live in. I mean, we live in the greatest country in the world, and I don't take that lightly. I hope you don't either. Because there's been much that has been spent for us to be free. And what an honor it is to live in this country. What an honor it is to be in this country that we can say we have the freedom and the liberty to worship God. Amen. And once again, I don't know, it's just, I guess it's one of those things as you get older, you start to recognize just how precious life is, how precious your freedom is, and how quickly it can vanish. So praise God, I'm so glad, amen. Let's just open up with a word of prayer. Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you for this opportunity to recognize this day. As we set it aside to remember those that have served this great nation, those that have given their life, God, we count it an honor and a privilege that you so fitly saw to and joined us together as people to be part of this great nation. God, it's not by chance and it's not by accident. For God, you predestined us to call this place home. And so, God, we pray that you would use us to be voices, use us to be instruments to continue to help people know the freedoms that you desire for each man to have, both as citizens, but also to be your children. And so we give you all the thanks and praise in Jesus' name. And we all said, Amen. Amen. You know, the American flag is a symbol of who we are, and it's really a symbol that is recognized worldwide. You know, it doesn't take much to know who we are, just simply raise the banner, wave the flag. We have the Olympics that are coming up here real soon in just a matter of weeks, actually. And I don't know if you're like I am, but it is so awesome to be able to see your flag raised and to hear your national anthem played as one of your citizens has become the victor of one of the games. And so once again, it's one of those symbols that represents who we are as people, represents our freedom. And so I just want to just bring to your attention what this flag represents. Concerning the flag itself, white signifies purity and innocence, red, hardness and valor, and blue, the color of the chief. The broad band above the stripes signifies vigilance, perseverance, and justice. The star is a symbol of the heaven and the divine goal in which man has aspired from time immemorial. Literally, the 13 stripes on the flag, they represent the 13 original colonies. The 50 stars represent the 50 current states. And figuratively, the flag stands for freedom and democracy. It represents the United States of America, our common cause, and the hope for a better tomorrow. 
It's also been said that the red stripes signify the blood that's been shed for our freedom. Just as of late, just probably within the last couple of weeks, I saw a story on the news and as a result it stirred something in my heart just to do some research just concerning the flying of our American flag. Because with our flag there is rules by which it should be hung, rules by which it should be flown. And so there's many, and you can look that up yourself, but there's two or actually three that just stood out to me. And again, I'll give you the current headline stories that brought about my inquiry of this. One or one of the rules is is it should be displayed at every public institution and in or near every polling place and election day and at schoolhouses during the school day. No other flag should be placed above the flag of the United States of America. If so, it should be, or if it should be hung together, it should be hung to the right. If you hang a flag in the church, it's to be hung in a place of honor. And the reason that I looked up those rules is because just as of late, and obviously we are in an election year, and so there's a lot of hot buttons, if you will, that try to motivate political agenda But as I was watching the news, there was this one particular story of a veteran that was in his little hometown and saw one of the merchants that happened to be Hispanic. And I don't know that this was anything to be done intentionally. I don't necessarily know why this story was, uh, why it was ran, or I I should say what the intention of it was being spun from a political perspective or trying to push an agenda of racism. I don't know exactly again. Or maybe they were just addressing the fact of how our flag should be honored. But once again, this story goes as though there was this Hispanic merchant that was flying the Mexican flag and the American flag together. But they had the Mexican flag flying above the American flag. And this veteran saw it and became indignant and became belligerent actually. And he went over to where the flagpole was, and this is all caught on tape. And he brings down the flags, and he pulls off the American flag and has some few choice words with the merchants, and he runs off with the flag. And once again, I don't know what the agenda of the story was, but here was a veteran that served this country, that gave of his livelihood, that put his life on the line for our freedoms and our liberties. And for him, it was a slap in the face. For him, it was signifying you don't represent or you don't know what that flag represents. You don't know the cost that it took to fly that banner. And so once again, I just want to encourage us that when we look at that flag, there is something very significant and significant about our freedoms. It represents who we are. To most of us, the flag is something that we can take for granted But to others, there's a much more personal meaning. To most, the flag just simply represents our freedom. But to others, it represents the freedoms that they fought for and that many have given their life for. So once again, this flag represents who we are. It represents our freedoms as we celebrate this day. If it's something that we have maybe taken for granted, then once again, let me remind you today. That we live in the greatest nation in the world. I said we live in the greatest nation in the world. 
I wouldn't want to live in any other place. When I seen those videos of those soldiers, once again, I, I was never one to have the inclination or the desire to go into the military. That was just me. Maybe it's just because I was just too soft. I wasn't tough enough. I don't know what I was. I just didn't have the desire. But I have such respect for young men and women that will give their life, give their time to go put on a uniform. And obviously within the different branches, there is their jousting back and forth, the razzing as to who's the better of, you know, well, we're Marines, we're Air Force or whatever. I don't care what uniform you put on. The fact is, it remains that you serve this country. You purpose to go to arms for the sake of keeping me free, keeping my family free. And I so greatly appreciate that. Just as we have the greatest country in this nation, or in this world rather, we also have the greatest military in the world. As I said, with some of the finest young men and women. I don't know if you've flown much in the recent years. If you've flown in the next, or I should say, if you've flown in the last 10 years, it's probably something that maybe you've noticed. I haven't flown myself in probably, oh, maybe the last time was maybe two years ago. But one of the things that I've noticed just in the last several years as I've traveled here and there and got on an airplane, you'll find that the airports are full, the terminals are full of young men and women that proudly wear a uniform. They stand out. They're young men and women that are coming home from boot camp. They're on leave. They're going home for vacation or for the holidays or whatever it might be. And I don't know if it's something of me just getting older, but it seems like the faces of the soldiers are getting younger. Like I said, it could just be me that I'm getting older. But when I think about these young men and women just barely out of high school that have signed their life away to say, I will serve this country, and if it costs me my life, so be it. And it always causes me to stand in amazement when I see these young men and women that as they're in the airplanes and as they're sitting in the seats and, you know, when the plane comes to the the, uh, the docking port, I guess you would call it, or the, the, the terminal where we're getting off the plane. Everybody stands up, and that young soldier is standing there waiting to get into the aisle. And just to observe, it's amazing how many people will come by, shake that soldier's hand, and say, thank you for serving. I believe there's such a tremendous respect for the young men and women that have given their lives and are continuing to give their lives for this country. They enlist by their own choice. There are those who serve with great intentionality, meaning that they want to be a soldier. They want to serve this country. It's in their heart. It's what they purpose to do with their life. There are others that see the military as maybe being a way of escape. Maybe they were raised in a life where they were in a war zone all their childhood and they thought this is a way to escape And maybe have the chance of a better life. Many of those that have gone to serve in the military. Have gone on to be policemen. Be firemen. First responders. They continue to carry on the responsibility of serving people like you and I. With every enlistment. There's no guarantee of their next tomorrow. When you sign your name on the dotted line. You're actually saying I'll defend this country to the death and many have 
We live in turbulent times and our freedom is always threatened. Once again, I'm so thankful that there's young men and women that will purpose to fight for you and me. That will say, I will do what it takes to make freedom an advantage and a privilege. And obviously freedom comes at a great cost. Freedom is not free. We're we're at war right now, actually. And the war is on foreign soil. Now, I realize that there are those that aren't real happy in the fact that the U.S. is involved in different things. And I can understand that sometimes people take the idea or take the the, uh, perspective of that many times we, the U.S., try to put our nose in things that don't obtain to us or pertain to us, I should say. But I am so thankful that we have a military that will go to war on foreign soil so that the war never ends up on U.S. soil. And I think for so many of us, it's easy to forget what those soldiers are doing for us because it's not on the home front. I can remember when I just got out of high school, and I believe it was in either 1990 or 1991. I think it was 1990. I remember I went to the Shrine Circus, and if you remember, it was during that time where Desert Storm was starting to come to a head. And I was at the Shrine Circus, and the news had been going, and so we we didn't know where we were. And I can remember there was a guy that was sitting behind me. He went out to his car, and back then, that was the time before there were cell phones. You guys probably don't even remember life without cell phones, right? But that was a time when there was no cell phones. You couldn't just get a quick check on the news. But he had went out to his car during the intermission and listened to the radio. And when he came back in, I heard him say, we've gone to war. I had a best friend that was in high school that went overseas. And so for me, hearing that, it was like, wow, I have a friend that is there right now. In fact, I have, have had several friends that had went over and served at that time. We shouldn't take our freedoms lightly. Because there are young men and women that are laying their life down for the sake of us being able to be a free nation. As I've already said, this is the greatest nation in the world. There's no other country like us. And because of that, we are constantly under attack. We are constantly under watch. People are continually wanting to take the freedoms and the liberties that we have. The modern day left would debate and disagree by the reasons by which this country is so uh, threatened, I should say. It's threatened because of the value systems in which this country has been built upon. And as I said, there are many that would, be, that would debate that. But the reason why we are a nation that has been so great and a nation that has been so under attack is because our nation has been built upon Judeo-Christian values. The rights that we have has been built upon the fact that we will serve God first. That God will be a priority in our life. What has made the U.S. great? It's the value system of honoring God and honoring country. When you think about this generation, or I should say this country, it was established on the principles of serving God. In fact, let me just say this. Once again, we have this idea that there's this separation between church and state. And the left will distort that view. It was never with the idea that there was a separation from church with state, but state from church. 
Meaning that it was designed and originated that the government could not tell you how to worship. Not that the church was to not have a voice. Because once again, the voice of the church was what caused this country to become what it was. Amen? Not that we agreed to it, but once again, this country allows you to worship any way that you want to. Whether you want to worship God or whether you don't want to worship God. We have those freedoms and liberties. There's such an awesome thing about serving a God that is real. Just on a a side thought, I was listening to a minister that I've made mention of before. And he was saying that he saw this young man and woman get out of the car. They were at the Walmart. And he said, in fact, my wife just started going back to Walmart with me because of every time we go, just God just wants to show up and do some things. And he said, as they got out of the car, he said he saw this young man and woman that were dressed in some different attire. And so he could tell that based upon their attire, their views of religion was not from a Christian perspective. In fact, he said he could tell by the way that they were dressed, they were of the occult or satanic kind of things. And so he said he went into the store and he said he had his little little daughter with him. And he says, let's go get him. So they got into the store and he said his wife went one way and he said to his daughter, he says, are you ready, Destiny? And she says, yeah, let's go get them. And so they went down the aisle and they saw this young man and woman. And he says, hey, how you doing? And they're like, fine. He says, everything good? He says, yeah. And he says, you know, I'm just picking up in my heart. He says, you've had back problems. And she goes, yes, I have. And she started to tell him what was going on. He goes, wait, wait, wait. Don't tell me what's going on in your back right now. He says, you've had back problems. In fact, you've had sciatica right now. It's running down your leg. In fact, right now, your leg is numb. She goes, yeah. He said, can I pray for you? And she's like, I don't think so. He says, you don't think so. He says, I just told you what was wrong with your leg and you won't let me pray for you. And she says, well, we don't believe like you. He says, I don't care how you believe. The Bible says that these signs will follow those who believe. And he says, I believe. He says, so therefore, he says, I just want to pray for you. Will you let me pray for you? And she says, okay. So he and his little daughter prayed for the girl right there on the spot. And all of a sudden, he says, the woman goes, whoa. He says, what do you feel? She says, oh, the pain's gone. In fact, my leg is on fire. And he says, God loves you that much. And she says, well, why did you pray for me? She says, because God loves you. She goes, yeah, but I'm a high priestess Satanist. And he says, well, God don't care whether you are or not. He loves you in spite of that and wanted to heal you in spite of that. Why did I share that with you? Because we live in a country where God is endeavoring for us to be free. He's wanting us to know him and live in a country where we can purpose to love on people in such a way and not be afraid of persecution, but to say God is that good, God is that real, and not be worried about what the repercussions might be. As I said, we're a country that honors God and honors God. Or excuse me, honors God and honors country. There's an unseen war right now that's going on. 
It's a war that is endeavoring to take our freedoms. And it doesn't look like the normal war that you would expect. It's a war that's in the home. It's a war that is endeavoring to destroy marriage. It's a war that's endeavoring to destroy the family. Because if you can destroy marriage and if you can destroy the family, everything else falls apart. I talked about that young couple that were Satan worshipers. We live in a culture where this idea of being free and knowing Jesus is once again always under siege. The statistics show that we are now entering into a generation that is 4% Christian in this country. The next generation will be a godless generation. How does that happen? The war is in the home. The war is on the family. Why do we stand here today? Why do we purpose to preach the love of God? Because God wants to heal families. He wants to restore families. He wants to restore the true freedoms and the liberties of this country. Amen? Every soldier, regardless of their personal belief, fights for this freedom to honor God. As we started this service, we gave a pledge to the allegiance. One nation under God. Not a nation under a God or under gods, but the God in which this country was established upon. I believe that Jesus has a heart for our military. I believe that Jesus has a heart for every young man and woman that gives their life to serve for the freedoms of being a country that honors God. Jesus has been in those same shoes. Think about it. Jesus came to serve. He came to give his life for freedom. He came to give us peace, to give us health, to give us wealth. He can relate because the people that he came to serve don't understand what the fight is for. He knows the feeling that soldiers feel when they're rejected because the whole purpose of fighting is for the opportunity of freedom. He understands those who won't appreciate the cost and the price that it takes for liberty because freedom comes at the expense of the shedding of blood. And he understands that the whole purpose for this fight for freedom is for a better tomorrow. Jesus came to give his life. He came to shed his blood so that we can not only have a better tomorrow, but have an eternity. I believe that God's hand is still upon this country. I still believe that until Jesus comes, we will be the greatest nation on this planet. And I believe that we as the the church are the hope for tomorrow. That we are the hope of the world. It's going to come with persecution. It's going to come with the expense of life. But there's a freedom that must be preserved. Amen. And we're going to continue to appreciate that. We are assembled here today because 
people gave us the rights and the freedoms to be here. Somebody died at the expense of your ability to be here today. Freedom is free, but it doesn't come free. Amen? So I want to just for a moment, is there any individuals that have served in the military? I know we got a small crowd this morning. Do we have any? Got one? Got one back there? Anybody else? We got two? Is that it? Can I just have you stand for just a minute? Stand right up. I know you're right in the back there and nobody knows or can see you back there. You're, you were a Marine, right? And you were Army? Awesome. Again, I can't even begin to imagine what it was to serve in your era, in your time. I say your era. I mean, you're just a little bit older than I am. <laughs> Not to make you seem old. I know. <laughs> I got you. That's a long time ago. I know Dad, he served in Vietnam. Dad served in a time where you didn't have a choice. You were drafted. Aren't you glad that there was men and women in his era that said, even though you forced me, I'm going to serve with pride. And here we stand today because these two gentlemen fought for our freedoms. Can we just give them a hand and say thank you? Thanks, you guys. What, can we all stand together? I know this is a little bit different service, but I just want to take the time together to pray as a church body, to give thanks, first of all, but to pray for those young men and women that are still serving today and those that are continuing to give their lives for our freedom. Amen? With every head bowed and every eye closed. God, in the name of Jesus, I thank you for, first of all, those that have went before us and saw the need and had the heart to pay the price to give us the ability to live in this great country. To be men and women that are free to serve and know you, to worship you without persecution, without shame. And God, we pray for those individuals right now that are serving in our military. God, as they put their lives in harm's way. God, we thank you right now in the name of Jesus. That your hand of of protection is upon them. That, Lord, you'll cover them. That they'll be missed by destruction and that no harm shall come nigh them. In the name of Jesus. For every soldier that has been connected with any of these families, God, in the name of Jesus, I thank you that every soldier will come home. And God, you'll bless them, increase them, because they gave in Jesus' name. God, we thank you for giving this opportunity to worship and know you in Jesus' name. And everyone said, Amen. One last thing before we just worship, before we leave this morning, if I can, just to let you know the power of our God, even in the midst of war. And I can't remember this particular scenario. I don't know if it was the Battle of the Bulge. I can't remember exactly the particular scenario. But there was a young man that was out on the battlefield, and his 
commanding officer was, was out on the field ahead of him and got shot. And there was all this fire that was coming from the enemy. And so he kept asking his counterpart, says, what time is it? What time is it? And he would tell him the time. And then he asked him one last time, he says, what time is it? And he told him it was 10 something, whatever the time was, but it was a specific time. When he told him what time it was that he was looking for, he began to crawl out and he got his commanding officer. And his commanding officer kept telling him, go back, you're going to get killed. But he kept crawling out and he grabbed his commanding officer and he drug him back to safety. After it was all said and done, his commanding officer asked him, he says, why did you risk your life to come and get me? He said, I knew my mom was praying for me at 1035 or whatever the exact time was. And he said, I knew that if mom was praying, nothing was going to happen. So I waited until I knew she was praying to come and get you. And I knew that was going to be all right. Come on, I'm telling you, there's power in prayer. There's power to be free and know this God that we serve. Amen? Amen. Come on, let's worship God one last time before we go. take a look at all of our social media sites which can be found at our website gvchurch.tv we know that today's message has been a blessing to you thanks for listening we are genesee valley church loving god loving people and loving life